Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 27th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out online, ffbt.com. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer speaks with Indiana farmers from Argentina, members of the Indiana Soybean Alliance, with an up-close look at their crops. C.J. Miller with a California congressman and farmer who has problems with WOTUS. Unsettled weather in the Indiana farm forecast. Strong markets yesterday, numbers, and Mike Silver analysis straight ahead on the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Indiana farmers in Argentina and a congressman fighting WOTUS for you and for himself. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. If you've been following grain market trends lately, you know the impact South American weather is having on futures prices. Argentina is in the midst of a three-year drought, with this year being the worst. Hoosier farmers with the Indiana Soybean Alliance are in Argentina now, going on farm and farm facility tours. You know, some of the people that we've talked to that have been in the industry a long time are looking at least a 40% decrease in production. That's Hendricks County farmer Mark Legan, an ISA director on the trip. He says the crops are late and there's still planting happening in Argentina. Comparatively, Legan says this would be about the end of July in Indiana's growing season. They should be setting a lot of pods On the soybean plants, the corn should be tasseling. About the tallest corn we've seen is knee high or or maybe, um, you know, waist high. So they're they're hurting. There's no doubt about that. Legan adds that corn and soybeans aren't the only crops that have suffered. The winter wheat crop was basically a failure. A lot of it did not even get harvested or wasn't worth bringing combine through. In addition to farm tours, Indiana Soybean Alliance directors have toured the facilities of GDM, an ag tech company specializing in plant genetics, as well as Status Company a sister company of Purdue Ag Alumni Seed in Buenos Aires. In a call with reporters Wednesday, the farmer said there were many takeaways from the trip. Marshall County's Joe Stoller told us. One thing I noticed was just how little technology some of the equipment that we saw had. Um, I think we've seen one or two tractors in the field with auto steer globes, you know, on top of the roof where at home that's kind of pretty common anymore. Others commented as well about the, quote, well-used equipment with many hours on them. With the production woes due to drought, many farmers don't have the money necessary to replace equipment at this time, leading to fears of having to step away from farming. Imagine being fined $1.1 million by the federal government because of a dispute over your farmland. 
That's what happened to one farmer who's now a congressman, and he's fighting to keep that same thing from happening to you. C.J. Miller has the story. If the Army Corps of Engineers can prosecute me for planting wheat in this wheat field based on the set of facts they use there, then almost no farm in America is safe from the same type of prosecution. And that's Congressman John Duarte, who's a new Republican congressman from California. He's also a farmer from the northern part of the state who recently gained national attention after the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers sued him for plowing his wheat field. They claimed he illegally filled wetlands on his wheat field simply by plowing it. In 2017, Duarte agreed to pay $1.1 million for violating the Clean Water Act and the EPA's Waters of the U.S. rule, or WOTUS for short. Now Duarte's a new member of Congress, and he wants to make sure something like that doesn't happen to you. We need to fight to make sure that producers can produce. But the congressman says he hopes the Supreme Court in their pending Sackett versus EPA case puts the fight over WOTUS and the Clean Water Act to rest. We all hope in agriculture that the Supreme Court supports and reasserts what Congress clearly said, that the Clean Water Act has jurisdiction over navigable waters of the United States. It doesn't say adjacent waters. It doesn't say waters separated by a roadway or waters that have some future-defined significant nexus to navigable waters in the United States. I'm C.J. Miller. Thank you, C.J. You can find these stories and more farm news at HoosierAgToday.com. Also, our daily podcast in the Indiana Farm Forecast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Unsettled is how I would call our pattern here the next a few days. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. What we mean by that is we don't ever really get out into that ah moment where we don't have any weather systems threatening us with clouds or moisture. And here to start, we're dealing with wraparound cloud cover that was exiting the area yesterday, but leading into a clipper system that's coming down today. This clipper started to affect weather in the Dakotas late yesterday afternoon and last night. Today, moving across the upper Midwest and taking dead aim at Michigan. But as it takes dead aim at Michigan, we're going to be seeing some offshoot flurries down into at least northern Indiana and clouds that will likely impact the entire state. So just a gray gloomy day overall. We're not done there, so we may start to see clouds break up in some parts of the state overnight, but then through your Saturday, we start to see a streaking area of snow come across Iowa, northern Illinois, trying to get into northern Indiana, and then meeting up with another round of moisture coming up from the south and southwest. So that's going to give us a chance for scattered snow showers off and on from later Saturday afternoon through Sunday. Now, temperatures are moderating in southern Indiana too, so maybe you see a little bit of this as rain, but the key here is available liquid is minor. So if it's snow, we're talking a coating to an inch. If we see rain, we have drizzly, very light rain kinds of setup here from later Saturday through Sunday. Monday of next week, plenty of clouds around, but probably not a lot of moisture as high pressure is close by. Tuesday, we may start with a little bit of a break in the clouds, but very active precipitation track develops from Tuesday 
through Saturday of next week, coming out of Texas and moving through the mid-Mississippi River Valley, Ohio, and Tennessee Valleys. I do believe this brings us some moisture to Indiana, but maybe not much. For example, late Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday overnight, maybe some scattered snow showers down near the Ohio River, but nothing farther north the way it looks right now. Another wave tries to lift through later in the week, Thursday night into Friday. That one stays almost 100% south of the Ohio River. And then as we go into the later part of the weekend, we could see another chance of moisture moving in as cold air does. So it's going to be active, but right now I don't think it has a direct hit kind of piece to it when it comes to Indiana weather. We'll keep our eyes on that and go forward. Cold air is going to be in play all week long next week. We are below normal on temperatures. However, also seeing signs of moderating temperatures back out in the southern plains and the desert southwest by the time we get to next to Sunday the 5th. So we could see temperatures try and climb back during that first full week of February. That's the way things are stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. A nice move in the corn, soybean, and wheat markets. This is Hoosier Ag Today in the Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Ian Eubank, and I'll have all those settlements coming right up. Market analysis is up first, though. This update brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Right at the close of Thursday trade, I checked in for comments with Mike Silver. He's at Kokomo Grain. Mike, all of the markets, corn, soybeans, and wheat, really not just positive moves, but solid moves to the upside, possibly a number of different factors. Chief among those would be what? Well, it's about money flow today, Andy, primarily, and thank goodness we've got some managed money moving into the markets, and uh, grains have been a bit have been a benefactor of that movement today. We had some friendly economic news released today, the GDP. Uh, those numbers came in a little better than anticipation. Uh, the export sales numbers came in this morning. Uh, they Corn was okay at 910.4 thousand metric tons. That was uh, mid-range of the estimates of 600 to 1.4. Uh, the soybean number came in at a healthy 1.145 million metric tons. That was near the upper end of the estimate, and that compares to last week's 986. Uh, so, so soybean export sales numbers were good. The wheat number came in right at the high end of the estimate, 500.4 thousand metric tons. So that was a good number. And then USDA did release a flash export sales uh, number in the daily export sales reporting system this morning of 106,000 metric tons of soybeans uh, to China. So that, too, was in uh, the market. Uh, the EIA ethanol numbers came out yesterday, and and the EIA did make some adjustments in some of the weekly numbers looking back and, and just making some data adjustments. But still, we used a little more corn last week to make ethanol than we did the previous week, so that was supportive. And if we look at the charts today, uh, the uh, we look good on the corn and soybean charts, especially the the old crop charts. Uh, we've got nice, uh, nice looking um, uptrends going. Uh, our moving averages. Uh, always watch the 20, 40, 50, 100, and 200 day moving averages. And those those moving averages are built into a lot of the algorithm trading systems. And and we have. Uh, 
corn and soybeans, uh, the March corn and the March soybean futures are all right up there. If they're not trading above the 20-day moving average right now, they, they have so far today, and um, that's looking good. Uh, the South American weather situation, the weather forecasts uh, are still, uh, let's say, uh, Probably a little bit price negative to the uh, to the uh, soybean and corn market. Although Argentina uh, still faces some issues uh, with crop development, the the Brazilian soybean harvest uh, looks pretty darn good. And looks like Brazil is going to have a fabulous soybean crop. But right now, uh, with uh, U.S. corn and soybeans competitive uh, price-wise on a FOB basis in the world market. Uh, as evidenced by these flash export sales and daily export sales and uh, some of these uh, better weekly numbers than we've seen for a while. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, continue that, uh, get some more U.S. grain into the global marketplace and uh, work these prices a little higher. Um, we're going to be up against some resistance points here uh, in short order now with some of these uh, increases in prices. So my advice to customers has, has been uh, on days of nice rallies, and today is one of those days of nice rallies. It is a good opportunity to add uh, to old crop sales especially. I'm not so much concerned yet about um, selling a lot of new crop, although um, at some of the increases in prices we've seen in both the December corn futures and and the November soybean futures, uh, getting started in some 23 new crop sales uh, makes some sense. At least getting some offers in at one selling price above the market uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other the other news item that we need to watch uh, there there has been some pretty intensive aerial combat and additional ground combat between the Russians and the Ukrainians uh, in the last 12 hours uh, with the U.S. and Germany both now having committed armored tanks uh, to the Ukraine. It looks like Russia is uh, a little bit more on the initiative right now, maybe some retribution. So we need to keep an eye on that and, and uh, monitor how that Russian and Ukrainian uh, grain export business plays out. But all in all, Andy, uh, this is the kind of day we like. A lot of green paint on the quote board and looks like we have an opportunity to work a little higher yet. That is Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. Mike's number, if you'd like to talk things over with him, 800-666-0613. Settlements now from Thursday trade. March corn, 682.5, up 7 and 3 quarters. Off the day's low, but a solid gain. 684 May corn up six and three quarters. March beans, 21 cents higher, 1523 and a half, three cents off the high. May contract up 18 and a quarter, 1514 and three quarters. And March wheat up 11 and a quarter, going to 752 and a half. Meat markets finish the day mixed with cattle futures lower. April, 160.52, down a dollar two. April lean hogs, though, $87 even, a gain of $1.67. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.